This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Monday the 13th of December. In your Squiz today, COVID-related developments, large death tolls from tornadoes in the US, a cracking end to the Formula One season, and a big spoiler alert. This is your Squiz today. Eliza, I hate using this phrase, it feels ominous, but there have been some COVID-related developments over the weekend. And given it's the time of year where we're all making plans, we're hoping to travel, we're hoping to see loved ones, we best start with an update today. First of all, for the first time since July, Queensland borders have opened to all vaccinated Australians. There are some T's and C's depending on where you're coming from, but broadly, travel to Queensland, returning home to Queensland for many is back on. Also, it looks like WA's Premier Mark McGowan will today announce the date when the West will reopen. Yeah, it looks like a February reopen date, although you'd be a brave person to make a bet at this stage of the pandemic. But February is when the state's vaccination rate is expected to hit 90%. And Premier McGowan had said previously he didn't want to impose restrictions like density limits and masks during the holiday period. Right now, WA is about 80% double vaxxed. But as of last week, only 61% of WA's Indigenous population had received one dose, just 43 fully vaccinated. And uh, the other announcement we're waiting on this week is when the international border will reopen to overseas students, skilled migrants and other visa holders. That was actually meant to happen two weeks ago, but then Omicron hit. We all got the jitters. Apparently, according to Scott Morrison, he's going to get a few more details lined up and then he'll confirm that date. Yeah, waiting for an announcement on that this week. Also, on the topic of Omicron, Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday said booster shots will be brought forward. That's right. So lab testing of the Omicron variant has shown that the immunity you get after the second jab waned within six months. So that's why the booster program has been brought forward to five months from six months. And the government says there's plenty of Pfizer to go around. Moderna has been approved by the immunizations regulator as a booster. These are the two mRNA vaccines that are said to have the best coverage against Omicron. And this means another one and a half million Aussies are good to go to get jab three. Yeah, so if you did have that second shot five months ago, you're ready to go, as you say. And finally, it's kind of COVID-related, but in the same way that nearly everything is at the moment, this week on Thursday, the Treasurer will deliver MyEFO. That's the federal government's mid-year economic and fiscal update. It's basically a mini budget. So it'll show us how the books are looking after all the lockdowns we've had since the budget in May. Over to the US now, Eliza, where over the weekend, tornadoes have hit six states in America's South and Midwest. So we're talking Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi and Tennessee. The death toll is nearing 100. And it's about 80 in the state of Kentucky alone. The town of Mayfield seemed to cop the brunt of it. A candle factory that was reportedly working at full tilt in the lead up to Christmas, that was completely flattened. There were 100 people working there. 60 are still missing, presumed dead. And the President Joe Biden was asked about whether this could be linked to climate change. He said he couldn't know for sure. But what he does know is that everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Yeah, a bit of controversy about those comments. The tornadoes are believed to be the worst on record, and especially because it's very rare that they occur in December. 
Julian Assange is one step closer to being extradited to the US. He's wanted in America over an alleged conspiracy to obtain and disclose classified information that follows WikiLeaks' publication of hundreds of thousands of leaked documents relating to the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Eliza, this one's been going on for a very long time. It really has. And he's one step closer to being deported because on Friday, the US government won its appeal over a previous decision to keep him behind bars in Belmarsh Prison in London. Now, the US believes Assange is an enemy of the state because when WikiLeaks published those confidential diplomatic cables in 2010 and 2011, they had the names of undercover operatives in them. Now, Assange's fiance and mother of two kids wrote on social media over the weekend that he'd had a stroke during that appeal hearing and Assange fears he'll cop a decades-long prison sentence if he's tried in America. US prosecutors told the appeal hearing that it'd be more like three to six years if he was found guilty. But what we do know is that legal experts say the wrangling could go on for years. Yeah, there's been plenty of concern about his well-being, And of course, he's an Australian, so also pressure on our government to intervene and bring him back here. All right, Eliza, we're going to talk about Formula One now, which if you don't know much about, that's okay. Let me give you the context as to why it's big news today. It only happened once before that two drivers have entered into the final round of the championship on even points, and that was back in 1974. So the fact that that's how things were for Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen ahead of last night's final championship race meant it was as close as they come. Oh, big dramas overnight in Abu Dhabi. I'm not a huge fan, but I've read now a lot of articles, can speak with authority. <laughs> the Dutchman Max Verstappen won. He overtook Lewis Hamilton in the last lap. And that's controversial because Hamilton had about a 10-second lead. That was off the start line. Then there was a crash. There was a safety car. There's lots of rules about what you're meant to do and not do when a safety car's around. Bottom line is that Verstappen overtook Hamilton in the last lap. He went on to victory and now there's lots of challenges to that final outcome. Yeah, there's certainly some argument about how things played out. As you say, Mercedes, who Hamilton drives for, has challenged the result. Still waiting to hear if that will come to anything. But in the meantime, Verstappen has the win, his first ever. From Formula One to Sex in the City, bit of something for everyone today. And this comes with a big big spoiler alert. So seriously, stop listening now or fast forward the podcast if you don't want to know what happens in the first episode of the new Sex and the City series. I'll give you a few seconds. And just like that is what the series is called. A key character is killed. We won't say who in the first episode. They have a heart attack after using a Peloton exercise bike. And that death has properly impacted on the company, like in real life. Yeah. This story. All right. So the episode went live on Thursday night, US time. Pretty quickly off the back of that, Peloton share price dived down 11%. They'd already had a rough year financially, given that people aren't as keen on home exercise anymore. But Peloton, on the back of this uh, new series, went into damage control. They actually issued a statement through a cardiologist saying that this character would have actually delayed a fatal heart attack by riding the bike as regularly as they did. Yeah, they're fully in damage control. They said they did know they'd be featured in the film, but not in this way. It's product placement gone wrong, perhaps. 
Each day in the Squeeze Today email, we have something called Squeeze Sayings, Eliza. Today is a tweet we found in which this person overheard an intern saying they loved Succession's new weekly drop model and that it was a smart way to get people hooked on telly. Doesn't that say something about how much we've changed in how we watch TV these days? Oh, does anybody feel old hearing that statement? <laughs> wow. Look, I do love to watch a couple of episodes in a row. There's not currently a phrase for that because it's not really binging. Uh, no. I've got to say I'm into the third hour of the Beatles' nine-hour bonanza. So maybe we have to kind of update the whole language about how we watch the streaming services. Yeah, you're right, because just a couple of episodes is usually just about right for one evening. (laughs) But I agree, it does make you feel really old. I actually really like having to wait for shows, but I can see how it it is a somewhat of a novel concept for those much younger than us, Eliza. (laughs) That's right. Squeeze the day, easy one from me. It's Taylor Swift's birthday. She turns 32 today. Look, we're going to have to still agree to disagree on your love of Taylor Swift. I'm I'm just jumping on board the Swift bandwagon. Um, <laughs> like many. That's right. It's okay. Um, on my end, uh, South Korean President Moon Jae-in properly kicks off his visit to Australia today. Obviously, South Korea is a key ally in all things China and North Korea. So that will be one to watch. Yeah, big week for Scott Morrison as we head towards Christmas. Before we go, attention all parents, a bit of an announcement from us. In the coming weeks, plenty of us will be jumping in the car for some long road trips to catch up with people we haven't seen in a long time. So if you're looking for some entertainment for the kids, Squiz Kids is releasing weekly bonus content, which includes adults versus kids quizzes and kid-friendly shortcuts. So we reckon perfect for that long car ride or a screen-free holiday activity. It's all available via Apple Podcasts. You just hit the subscription button and for $6.99 a month, you get three extra Squiz Kids episodes a week. It's our first foray into paid subscription content. We're really proud of the stuff available and you do get a week free trial. So jump in and have a listen and see if it's for you. That's all from us. Eliza and I will be back tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.